Well, welcome to North Point Plus, the podcast. The North Point Plus, the podcast. <laughs> With return host. Yeah, they asked me back, so it can't have been that bad. Yeah, <laughs> you did great. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to be back. Um, can we start with that football situation oh. in the message? Because uh, some of us don't understand what you're talking you about. You need to know that before we start rolling, we just talk about stuff. And I said, oh, remind me to make to tell about the football reference mm-hmm. that I made at the end of the message yesterday. I talked about C.J. Stroud, who is a quarterback. That's the guy who gets the ball and throws it. There. Um, Football 101. And, I didn't uh, know that one, but his, thank you. <laughs> uh, his stats are incredible this year, although um, he's probably not going to win the Heisman Trophy. That's uh, that, that doesn't matter. Anyway, I talked about okay. the, this idea. Uh, you know what? Before we go there, let's just talk big picture overview. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So we, Good we, idea. Yeah, I just we'll do that. Skip right in. Um, uh, so, so yesterday was a cool day. Yeah. Lots of lots of different pieces in, in the puzzle. Um, we'll talk some more about the baptism stuff in just a second. But um, uh, we're at the end of Experiencing God. So 12 weeks, long, long series. Yeah. yeah. But lots and lots of good stuff. And, um, and, um, and we've talked—there uh, you are. Um, if, if you're listening and if God has really worked through Experiencing God— um, to help you take some new steps and new stuff happen, um, shoot me an email. Let me know because we would love to maybe get that story and maybe get it on video, just just a snippet to be able to help encourage other people to see how God was working through that process over the last three months. And, yeah, and so that'd be a cool. It's thing. really cool to see. Yeah. So so this last week was um, what, you know I said in the message we talked the first ten weeks or so about. Uh, what it really looks like to experience God in your own personal life. Mm-hmm. The last few weeks are more about how that gets fleshed out outside of ourselves. Yep. And so um, yesterday's message really stemmed from Hebrews 10, uh, th- this idea that um, we need to encourage one another, spur one another to loving good works, and that there really is this sense when we experience God that our perspective, our view goes outside of ourselves, that it's not just about us and God in isolation. And so we talked about what that looks like, how we can experience God in our marriage, how we can experience God as we parent kids, um, <laughs> how we can experience we, how we can experience yeah. God in our workplace, those kind of things. So that was the big picture. Okay. Towards the end of the message, I, I referenced Ohio State's quarterback, CJ Stroud, and the fact that that he gives every time he does an interview, he acknowledges Jesus as his Lord and Savior wow. and yeah. gives him honor. And that when they lost to Michigan, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 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 However, there's still hope Um, (laughs) this year for um, for something for another game. So anyway, when when they lost to Michigan, that it just was really cool that that he still acknowledged Jesus as his Lord and Savior and gave him honor even in a losing Losing. game where he was where uh, they really were devastated. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about it a little bit more was um, I was sent some information about um, believers who are on the University of Michigan team. Oh, cool. Um, and, so there's some talk, there, too. I know. What? It's hard to believe, isn't <laughs> oh, okay. it? okay. Yeah. Um, for an Ohio <laughs> State fan, it's, that's just hard to grasp. Anyway, um, Blake Corum, 
who is one of their star running backs, okay. um, blew his knee out and is done for the year. So he's not going to be able to play in the playoffs. Mm, that's right. And, um, and he said some really, really cool things about his faith and God's provision and sustaining him even through that injury. So it's not just Ohio State. It, it's um, uh, people who are following Jesus at all kinds of universities. So that that's right. what I wanted yeah. to talk about. So okay. a shout out. <laughs> To a Wolverine, that's hard to say. Oh. Uh, but, yeah. You know what? I was a Wolverine. Were you really? But I was from a small, small town in rural Minnesota. The Wadena Deer Creek Wolverines. Go Wadena Creek. Yeah. Um, but then I homeschooled, so I don't know. Yeah, so you it's only were, through it third really grade. Count. But my yeah. parents, my par- my dad was. He, wow. He played on the football team. He was the one who caught the ball and stared at the quarterback's butt, I think. No, is that the a job? Quor- no, the quarterback is the one who takes the He was the one who centered the he ball. snapped it or something? Yeah. That yeah. sounds familiar. That's a good look position. At me, that's, look at me using football th- words. That's, this that podcast the, has been good for me. That yeah. was the position <laughs> I played my senior year. Okay. Yeah. Well, very cool. Center of the line. Yep. That's what it was. Cool. We'll, we'll get you football. educated. Okay. Yeah. Slowly but surely, we're getting there. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um. Shoot. Are we ready to? Yeah. Dive in there. Okay. Sounds good. Oh, actually, I did have a question, and this he hasn't heard. So, Rick, have you kept up with your experiencing God material? You're not are you to done? Ask, you're not supposed <laughs> to ask that question. Deb said to me the other day, she said, Where are you? And I said, I'm a few days behind. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. yeah. I, I figured should, I, I should ask because I'm also behind. Yeah. But, yeah. It's uh, in over twelve weeks. It's it is yeah. really easy to get behind. And oh, I would absolutely. just I would just say from my perspective, my plan is to still is to finish. It's mm-hmm. going to take me a few days longer than I anticipated, yeah. but but it's it's absolutely well worth it, and I can justify it some because I really went through everything in preparation of that last message. Right. I'm yeah. just I haven't gone through and filled out all the answers. Processed and, it all yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Sure. Yep. God's still working yep. on me. Sounds. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Okay. So the first question we have today is that baptism video was really cool. At the first service, you seem to just blow by it. How come? Guess where this question came from? Uh, it came from my wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. She said, oh, She said, why didn't you acknowledge <laughs> that? That's such a great video. Uh, Daniel's story, Gilbert's story. Um, Intermeshed. It was really <laughs> yeah, good. It yeah. Was, <laughs> it, was, it was great. And mm-hmm. I said, well, here's what happened if you were, if you were at first service. There were some technical glitches that happened just <laughs> out of the video, and my brain went another direction. Yep. And so I really didn't get a chance to talk about that and would have liked to. That um, Just such such a cool thing. Just neat story about uh, how Gilbert's life has been impacted mm-hmm. by experiencing God. That's my Gilbert, by that's, the way. That's, that's Abby's Gilbert. son, uh, which is cool. And and Daniel, too. Um, yeah. uh, Daniel and Melissa, I, I performed their wedding earlier this year. Oh, and it's cool. just been a really cool thing to see them grow, uh, to grow together. And Daniel, um, just when we talked, when we, were, when we were in back before he was baptized, him tearing up, listening to the video, mm-hmm. it was, it's just really cool. Um, Very God's cool. working. Yeah. Awesome. Good deal. All right. So the next question is also about that. Yeah. So the little boy in the baptism video seems really young. I know North at North Point we don't baptize babies, but is there an age limit for when a child is too young to be baptized? Can you bring us back to why North Point chooses not to um, baptize infants and then sure. 
what your thoughts are on that. And then I, uh, as the he, mother, I can inform you how old he is. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. So how old yeah. is he? Uh, Gilbert is five. He will be six the day after Christmas. So happy birthday to Gilbert. Yeah, it's And we talked right about up. spiritual birthday close to physical yes. birthday, which yes. is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, just in terms of, of looking at Scripture, one of the things that you'll find in Scripture that's different than what happens in our culture mm-hmm. is that in Scripture, baptism, I like to say it's one of the ways that people said yes to Jesus in, mm-hmm. the, in the New Testament. So yeah. when people um, began their walk with Jesus, when they said, yeah, I want to be a follower of Jesus, baptism was the thing that they did. That, that yeah. was the, the, in a sense, kind of the turning point. Culturally for us, really since the Reformation, it's things have kind of moved to the deal where you pray the prayer and raise your hand and do that kind of thing. And that's not in Scripture. It, baptism mm-hmm. is really the place where that happens in Scripture, not to say that that can't happen as you pray or any of those kinds of things. Right. Um, but but it's a significant spiritual marker. Mm-hmm. And, and so as you study what it means to say yes to Jesus, to give your life to him, um, and you look at what the New Testament teaches, it, it talks about baptism, which is a rational decision that you make to say, my mm-hmm. allegiance is with Jesus. It talks about repentance, about, about turning away from sin and saying, I can't keep living the way that I've, that I've been living. That's a rational decision that you make. Mm-hmm. It talks about confessing Jesus as, as your Lord, about speaking up and saying, yeah, I'm, I am on team Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the center of my life. Um, and, and so there's that confession piece as well. It talks about belief and faith. Those are all things that your your brain has to engage in to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we would say that that's um, that when a when an infant is baptized, mm-hmm. they can't they don't participate that it, that decision when an infant is baptized is really the decision of the parents to say we want to dedicate this child. To God, we want sure. them to grow mm-hmm. up to know Jesus, to follow Him, but mm-hmm. it's not the child who makes the decision. So um, that's why we don't baptize infants, mm-hmm. um, but why we do have an opportunity for parents to to um, dedicate, to commit themselves mm-hmm. to being godly parents that can can raise their kids. So um, we don't have an age like uh-huh. we don't have an age, and and from my perspective, I typically give it back to the parents and say, you know your kid lots better than I do, and you know whether they get this, and this is a really big deal. Um, so yeah. we have yeah. six kids. Uh, Deb and I have six kids, and and for me as a parent, as I dealt with my kids, as they began to talk about wanting to be baptized, mm-hmm. that was a that was a conversation that that I tended to to um, extend and to, to and to and to say, okay, this is a really big deal. This is not just oh, Johnny was baptized. I want to be baptized too, or my brother or sister right. was baptized. Yeah. I want to be baptized too. That that it's really clear. And so I I actually gave our kids kind of assignments. I said, okay, I want you to read the book of Matthew, or I want you to um, I want you to write out why you want to take this step, so that they could. Um, have something concrete that that they could really point to in terms of their processing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, that's good mom, <laughs> talk 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 about Gilbert's decision. Yeah, so um, Gilbert's decision. Gilbert asked Jesus into his heart a couple of years ago. It's been and guy. I was <laughs> yeah, and he was he was very little, but it was there was a definite conversation that he initiated to talk about things he talked about in Sunday school. 
And um, I think he was with Ethan at the time. So we might have to ask him specifics about yeah. that. But Ethan's dad. Yeah. Ethan, Ethan is, Ethan's my husband. Ethan yeah. is Gilbert's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, so this past summer, the older two, our older two who are nine and seven, had they'd been talking about wanting to get baptized eventually. First, when they started talking about baptism, they were like, well, that's really scary. Like, Physically, that seems scary. Yeah. Um, but then as they've watched people be baptized here and they've talked about what faith means more and more, they both were like, we, we need to do this. But they wanted to do it in our river at our house. Uh-huh. And so we were like, well, we'll wait till summer. So there was one day we were like out waiting and they were like, today seems like a really good day to get baptized. And I was like, well, let's go talk to daddy about that. I'm not going to do it right here without him, you know? Yeah. So so we ended up, um, my parents were there and my sister was there and we all, like the kids were, they, we went and baptized them and they each had like their own little profession of faith, kind of like yeah. we do when we're here, yeah. where they said, um, you know, like, I believe that Jesus is my savior and he's taken away my sins. And one of them even waxed a little prophetic and was like, and like the water rushing by me now, <laughs> my sins are washed away. Oh, that's great. And we were like, indeed. That's So it was, it was good. And we really felt as parents, like they really understood what this was about. Yeah. And yes, they are on the young side. I would say that yeah. they are on the young side. But when Gilbert brought up... Um, if you've seen the video, he, he talks about, I was reading my Experiencing God workbook out loud so I could concentrate. That was my, what was the lady's name in the sermon? Who put Susanna Wesley, yeah. Oh my goodness. I couldn't, yeah. I can't even imagine. My way of putting my apron over my face was to yell sort of loudly Shut <laughs> up. and read, yeah. just reading the text out loud. So I read the question and I was about to answer it, you know, in my own mind and Gilbert's just like getting baptized like he answered the question what does what's the step that God's asked you to take that you haven't taken yet and he just out answered uh, that and I was like oh okay this is a conversation that we need to have so we talked more about that over the next couple of weeks and he we talked about you know why and um, is this just a thing you want to do because right. your older siblings did it? Because at, at first we kind of wondered because mm-hmm. he was like, well, I saw them do it, so I want to do it. But as we talked, we realized, no, he really understands that this is an outward commitment. And so yeah. um, so this last week he was sick, so we we have postponed. <laughs> yeah. But he he's all like, I'll do it next week. So Good. as long as we're all healthy, I guess we'll be back. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds great. So. It's, it is a big decision for, for anybody, for uh, adults, yeah. kids, anybody. And, um, and one of the conversations I often have with people is as adults, they'll say, oh, I was baptized when I was really young. And I'll say, well, like, how young? Um, and just tell me, tell me what you understood at that point in time. Right. And the, the, the great thing is about our walk with God is that we are continually growing or we're going backwards. And, and that means that our understanding of what's involved in baptism continues to grow. So I understand, I understand both theologically and relationally a lot more about baptism than I did when I was baptized. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was baptized at at age nine, eight, eight or nine. Um, I understand a lot more now, um, yeah. but that doesn't negate 
what I did understand and my need to obey at that point in time. Right. And yeah. and again, in experiencing God, we've talked about the the just the reality that when God, when you see God working around you, and He invites you to be a part of that, to join Him in that work, you don't have to you don't have to obey. 10 steps down the road, all you have to do is obey the, f- the step that he gives you right then. Yeah. And then that leads to another step. And so uh, that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. a good reminder of the, the steps as they come. Yep. My own, um, I was baptized in a river as well uh-huh. in Minnesota um, by my dad. And we did, we were doing baptism that day because my 90 year old grandfather was like, you know, I never got baptized. Their church put no emphasis whatsoever wow. on baptism. And he said, I think that's something I'd like to do. So he asked my dad to baptize him. So in the river, my grandpa had grown up on the banks of this river. Wow. So that's it was, cool. it's a really cool memory of that. And to think what a difference in, in age. And, but that was the step that he needed to take at that time. Yeah, his faith. That's too. great. So, yeah. That's very cool. Cool, cool. Um, all right. Ready for the next question? Absolutely. All right. Question number three. What do you do when your spouse or child is not interested in growing spiritually? Can your relationship with that person still deepen, like in the diagram, without them giving their life fully to God? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question a because. That there's there's obviously some flaws in that diagram. Um, mm-hmm. In that the the point that I really wanted to communicate was when when you're growing and you're moving towards God, and your spouse is growing and moving towards God, the thing that happens is that you move closer together. That mm-hmm. that that you, um, you, your relationship deepens because. God's a greater part of it all the time, and that's happening. Now, mm-hmm. if your spouse is not on the same page, if your kid's not on the same page, you're not. It's do you have the ability to still grow closer together? Absolutely, mm-hmm. you you do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to look different, mm-hmm. and you have to invest in other kinds of things to help build that relationship. I would I would say the um, there is something that's just really powerful about a shared. Um, relationships spiritually, the uh, um, the relationships that we have together in in um, following Jesus, that's a different kind of relationship than I have with other Ohio State fans that don't <laughs> that don't yeah. share that. Um, sure. I still have a relationship with them. There's there are people that I know and love and have a close relationship with, but absent that, we miss. We miss the eternal peace. We miss the sense of um, really knowing who God is, and so you obviously you can do that. Um, and and when that's happening, the thing that I'd go back to is is just praying praying for those people. I'm praying for my kids, praying for a number of people in my life that are not there mm-hmm. necessarily right mm-hmm. now, and um, and I want them to get there because I want to I want to be able to share that relationship with them. Yeah, I suppose that's also similar to how like we incrementally grow in our faith differently. So even if we yeah. are both on a faith journey, it's not going to be at the same pace. Right. So Right. But but the, the the a part of the a part of the message that I really wanted to communicate yesterday was it gets really easy for us to do our spiritual thing and to have it be in our head and in our heart and to not really talk about it. And there is something really powerful about um, about saying, hey, 
how did how did you process that, or or what is it that God is speaking to you about right now? Yeah. Um, and the other person may not, um, like you, you may not grasp where they are. Like uh, there have been a, a, a bunch of times where people have said, "Have you read this before? Look at this. This is like this is changing my whole world." And I'm going, "Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's I, I it's just, just not it. yeah, yeah. It's just not where I am right then at that point sure. in time. Yeah. Which doesn't negate it or it just means that we're at a different place but being able to have those conversations is is just a really cool thing really good thing yeah um yeah. that kind of leads us into my que- I had a question yeah um so you talked a little bit about how um as your spiritual intimacy grows sometimes there's a physical intimacy that can grow as yeah. well and um so my husband Ethan and I we met um, pretty young. We were about 15 and we started a very intentional courtship. We'll call it a courtship because it was weird and old fashioned. Um, and when we were about 17. Did and you go for buggy rides? No, <laughs> but there was like lots of chaperoning. Yeah, and, got it. Um, we didn't really talk on the phone and we wrote handwritten letters because I didn't have internet at my house. So it was wow. pretty old fashioned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a part of that, we are also seeking lots of counsel from parents and pastors and mentors and stuff. And they were very sure to tell us that we need to be really cautious about like praying together or doing any kind of Bible studies, we were really cautioned against that. And so as a result and wanting to do things right, we didn't like at all. And so I think we both were continuing to grow separately at that time. And as far as our faith was concerned. So, um, we didn't, you know, we didn't end up having a baby before we were born, but B- before you were born, b- before we were born, we didn't do that either. Um, before we were married, we didn't yeah. have a baby, but we, um, I think when we did get married and it was okay now to like pray together or that was how yeah. we, that's really how we viewed it. It was like, this was a serious thing that if we, you know, trespassed that yeah. line, we were going down the slippery slope, but, um, I think we missed out on growing and developing that way because it's really hard now. And I'm not saying that I think it would be easy to have a spiritual connection if we had followed that path a little bit earlier, but do you have any advice for young couples? um, That's a a great question, and I'm not sure what the right answer is. (laughs) All all I can really speak from is my experience. So Mm -hmm. Deb and I in college, we didn't meet each other until we were in college, Mm -hmm. and we both were a part of a ministry that had teams from the college that went out to churches or to church camps or that kind of thing and and ministered. Mm -hmm. Um, We were never in the same group but we were in the same program together. So we were getting the same teaching, having the same opportunities, that kind of thing. And um, we started, well, actually, we were were in a group. That's how we really got together. I was at a male (laughs) quartet, and she played the piano. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was our sophomore year. And that's in the midst of that service, we really began to spend a a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then began to date and all that good stuff. The, Mm -hmm. the, um, I think the, 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 the advice that I would give is to seek a balance between serving mm-hmm. and growing together, but with some healthy boundaries that are there. Because um, uh, uh, at the end of our sophomore year, Deb and I broke up because we were really, I mean, she if she were on the podcast, she would say we were in two different places spiritually. We were okay. not at the same 
mm-hmm. um, level of commitment. And, and we, we experienced some stuff and, and it was just real clear that we were in different places. And so we broke up. Um, and in the time that we broke up, her faith grew just incredibly dramatically. And so really, um, a couple months later, as she was serving in some other areas, I was serving, uh, I was in a group that was in one part of the country. She was in a group in another part of the country. But it became clear that that, that, that difference that had existed didn't exist any longer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then we began to date again. I, th- I think having some balance um, mm-hmm. between um, uh, serving in the midst of groups, that, that, which is, you know, you go back to your courtship thing, that, that, right. that there, there is that, that sense of, of even in the context of mission trips or, or going to serve someplace or serving and then having the conversations with a, with a lot of people, being able to pray in the context of a lot of people, that's a different kind of thing yeah. than, than, um, than, you know, than, than having all of your spiritual, all of your spiritual growth happen, happening in the context of that one relationship. Sure. Yeah. And, That's a and good then thing I to, think I, yeah. I think in in terms of of what you've talked about, I think for anyone, uh, it's not just um, you and Ethan that that didn't experience that. And then you're married and you're trying to figure it out. I think anybody who becomes a follower of Jesus, right? Yeah. After they're yeah. married, <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. Or if they become followers of Jesus at at different times, mm-hmm. it's like okay, w- you haven't been willing to pray with me for the last five years. Now you are. What do we do? Yeah, it it really is a process of of just kind of figuring out one step at a time, and and having some people that can speak into your life and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, here's an idea. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. Try try that. Try and do this. Um, that kind of thing." And um, and and just figuring out because I think every couple really is different because mm-hmm. everyone is wired differently. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and some of that's defined by morning person, night person. <laughs> yeah, we um, have one of both. <laughs> so, sometimes it's, it's defined by, um, audio learners mm-hmm. and visual learners, um, uh, processors and, um, uh, feelers. So yeah, all, all those things together. Yeah. Yeah. Good thoughts. I like almost audibly gasped when you were like, Deb and I broke up and I was like, <gasps> we did. I didn't know that. Uh, that's uh, you know did what? they get I, back together? We did. They did. We did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We did. Yeah, that was a story for another day. Indeed. Yeah. All right. On to the next question. Sure. So, can you speak to when things are really messed up and your spouse uses spiritual language, like God is telling me that you should do this, um, or serving together, being so busy doing stuff that. Um, you have time for your own family or giving so much that you can't buy groceries or even pay bills. Um, um, and so they're using those, the, the spiritual language to justify behavior that's actually harmful to family or marriage. Yeah. If, uh, let me see if I can, if I can process that out loud. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it is not an uncommon thing yeah. for um, couples who are in the church for um, to appear one way on Sundays mm-hmm. and and to have something else going on behind closed doors. Um, and the, the things that I described, the, the pieces that fit in terms of developing a relationship, um, experiencing God in your marriage, um, all those things are 
good things. They're the right things. But what, um, you know, uh, Joseph said, what Satan meant for evil, God used for good. The same thing is true. What God sets up for good, Satan can counterfeit for evil mm-hmm. and, and really mess it up. And so um, it, it is not uncommon for people to use spiritual language or spiritual activity to pressure or uh, jeopardize or harm um, the person uh, can be husband to the wife, can be wife to the husband, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when that happens, um, I'm not sure what to say except find someone that you can talk to, that you trust, that can help you process that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't feel like um, like you're trapped, um, and and recognize that there's that there are. Um, our 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 primary relationship is with God. It's not with our spouse. Mm-hmm. Our relationship with God is the one that boy will will go up uh, crazy path theologically. Our relationship with God is the one that's going to last for eternity. I'm convinced yeah. that I will know who Deb is, but we won't be married in heaven because mm-hmm. um, Jesus said that <laughs> there is no marriage in heaven. Yeah. Um, so. Um, it's that that relationship is the one that we have to cultivate and protect, and um, and and have healthy. And so, uh, there there are times that we've got to create boundaries so that that can be protected. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the flip side of that is um, is First Peter three, um, where it talks about the ability that you have to impact. The relationship of your spouse by by your behavior, um, mm-hmm. uh, husbands, your prayers will be hindered if you don't um, treat your wife right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, so there's a, again, there's just balance in that. That's probably not very much of an answer. Sorry about that, but it's <laughs> it, it is. I would just say, don't feel trapped. Find somebody that you can talk to. Um, there are there are lots of people that will hear and believe and come alongside and support. Yeah. So yeah. don't just think that that's really what the Bible intends. Right. right. If if yeah. if you have a sense that what's going on is not honoring God, mm-hmm. um, pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Those that's a good takeaway. <laughs> yeah. If you have a sense that what's going yeah. on is not honoring God, <laughs> yeah. Look into that a little bit more. Yeah. Good deal. Um our next question is from my friend Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. Rachel. Hey Rachel. Hey Rachel. Her husband was a host a while ago. So yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, how do we serve or minister with our spouse when we have young kids? <laughs> you should answer this question because oh. you've got like <laughs> five little ones running around. I do. Around. I think between the two of us with our collective eleven children, yes. we can probably we, yeah. we can point you in the right direction. Yeah. Aren't you glad you you tuned in today? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um I I can share kind of what yeah. we do. Um it's some it, it's hard. So um, Ethan and I tag team a lot right now. Uh-huh. So sometimes it's we're serving each other. So right now, Ethan, um, I play in the worship band a fair amount, and sometimes I uh, thumb wrestle Ethan and he wins, and then he uh, comes and plays with the band. But for right now, where we're at, that's he's kind of decided that that's the way he can serve me, and I'm oh, able cool. to serve the church as well yeah. to give me that time to go and use my musical gifting um, to to serve the body. So that's kind of a serving each other to serve 
each other. Um, that's one way that we've done it for, but we've also served together, which yeah. you actually reminded me. Oh yeah. That's kind of how we were like, saw that little spark was we were serving together. Yeah. We were cleaning up after meals at church or whatever. And yeah. Like I, that, so. I, w- I would just say, um, Rachel or whoever else has l- little guys running around, mm-hmm. recognize that there are seasons to life and seasons to our parenting. Mm-hmm. And I'm this, gonna, I'm particular, write that down. this particular season, um, may it may look differently than it does in another season in terms of how you serve. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things, like when you've got little guys, really seeking God to say, how is it as a family that we can serve together? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it may be that service in that season looks like going to a old uh, to a nursing home or a um uh independent living place mm-hmm. where people don't have visitors and don't see little kids and the kids and being able to have the conversation with your kids to say you know what the many of the people that you see don't have grandkids they don't mm-hmm. have anybody visit them and you will show them God's love mm-hmm. um just by talking to them playing games with them um yeah. Yeah. singing for them that kind of thing and that becomes a really powerful opportunity to serve together as a family. Um, sometimes I think it is tag team figuring mm-hmm. figuring out what what that looks like. Sometimes uh, one of the one of the things I'm most grateful for when our oldest was an infant. Um, after she was born, it meant that Deb wasn't going to be able to play for me as I as I directed the choir, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh man, I, that's what we do together. Yeah. And there yeah. was a lady in the choir who said, "Let me do this for you." In this season, how about if I watch your baby, mm-hmm. so Deb can so play can for play. you, Aww. and and so for probably I don't know four to six months, some somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen loved on our little girl mm-hmm. and um and Deb was still able to play and that was a that was a win like i i say to people somewhat often see if you can find somebody that would feel like it's a ministry to the kingdom and to the mm-hmm. and to the church and to you to watch your kids yeah. during life group or whatever yeah. um and and if they see it not as a burden but as a ministry that's a way that they can minister too so that you guys can do stuff together so that, awesome. that's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna write that one down too. Go yep. for it. Yeah. Yeah. The second half of Rachel's question was how do we serve or minister with our young kids? So you gave yeah. a great example of going to visit, going to visit the grandma and grandpas. We've yep. done that. Um, another thing that we do is we've put together bags for the homeless people yeah. that we see because I can't tell you the number of times that people are like, mommy, why is that person standing there with cardboard? Yeah. And so we've had real conversations about that. And, um, so we have like bags in our car that the kids help nice. stuff with like granola bars and they also made weird looking little cards. So <laughs> that's good. It's so, cute, yeah. but they, and they keep on the lookout and they've brought me money to give to them too. You know, yeah. I have five pennies and I want to give it to, okay, you put it in the bag. So, that's... so they helped me and there, there was a time where we took the bags out of the car because we switched cars or something and they saw someone kind of near our house and so we had to go home and get the bags and go back and find the person who had then moved down the street yeah because i knew they were watching and what was like my kids were yeah. watching like this we need to follow through on this I'm like we saw a need and we can fill it so we're gonna do it so yeah. 
Yeah. That's and, been an easy one for us. And, yeah. and, and again, when you get to a different season, a different stage in life, right. if you've got a uh, teenager, mm-hmm. um, there is something incredibly cool about seeing a mom or a dad and their teenager mm-hmm. um, working in kids' world. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, that's just... Plus the kids' world kids think that they're so cool. Yeah. Oh, Much cooler you than don't mom or dad. even know yeah. how cool you are. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, good mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> good. Good. Um, our next question is, is there a certain age where you should begin teaching your kids to give a financial gift back to God or when they should begin to serve God somehow? Yeah. Um, so that, so that when do you start doing that as a parent? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would say from my perspective that, um, as soon as kids begin to learn to have some sense of money or even before that, Mm-hmm. Of, of relative va- value that you start to teach that principle in terms of what it looks like to give mm-hmm. and what it looks like to serve. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, I'm talking about talking to your kids about how God puts us here on earth so that we can serve other people so that we can help his kingdom grow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that means having conversations. That means noticing where there are needs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, you know, I've, I think I've told the story before. I can remember um, when I was getting 50 cents allowance. Um, oh, and I, that's I, I, big money. I got 30 cents. <laughs> well, um, 50, 50 is the last, I guess the last one I remember. Oh, and okay. I was pretty old by that point in time. Um, but that I would get that and, mm-hmm. and, and mom and dad would say, okay. you have a nickel to, to put in the offering. Cause mm-hmm. a nickel is 10%, 10%. of 50 cents. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what we did when I, when I started, uh, mowing lawns, mm-hmm. um, it, we had conversations. It wasn't, it wasn't a hard and fast rule, but it was a conversation that we said, this is what we do. This is what it means yeah. to be a ruble. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We give. And, um, and so that process of learning to tithe early um, has made it really pretty. It, it's the most, it, it's like breathing. That's just what we That's, do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, the earlier you can do that, the better it is for your kids um, because it, again, it helps them have open hands and yeah. not, and not, oh, that's my money. I want to use it for me for whatever. No, 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 no. God's the one who provides everything and we give back to him to help us rem- remember that he's the one who gives everything Gave it to us. in the first place. Yeah. 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 I would agree. I think from my own experience too, my parents were, we were a homeschool family. We were a one income family, but that 10% off the top was, yeah. it was off the top. Right. Like it came first. Yep. And yes, my parents were pinching pennies, but there was always, that was always first. And then they would find other ways to give with like acts of service or my dad's skill as a HVAC guy. He would yeah. help out in different ways yeah. at the church and things like that too. But the 10% was a pretty hard, fast rule. And by that, then as we got our 30 cent allowance or whatever, we were setting aside money from the get-go. And so it isn't as difficult for me as I know it is yeah. for some people who right. haven't had that from the beginning. So Yeah, it's it's um, it's funny. I had a conversation last week with a friend that was talking about um, their desire to give more mm-hmm. and how to do that. Mm-hmm. And they've got a you know fixed income trying to figure out what to do. And and I I shared um, a number of years ago, we when we lived in Maryland, we did a building program at the church uh, mm-hmm. and did a campaign to raise money. And we didn't have, uh, like, there was not anything that we could do to give more mm-hmm. or to give of of any kind of substance to that. Um, and so we made the decision at that point in time for Deb to begin to do daycare 
so that we could give to the church. Wow. That was the that was the reason that we started to do daycare. Uh-huh. Um, now it's interesting in retrospect, the blessing that we got, uh, the relationships that we got because of doing daycare were incredible. God, God just was in that. And I was talking to one of the kids the other day, and they said, "Dad, I, I it seems like I remember." We went to a Caps game, a, a Washington Capitals game. We went to a, a, a Bullets game uh, back when the Wizards were known as the Bullets. How did, how did we do that? And I said, well, we were doing daycare, and Kellogg's ran a promotion with the Wizards <laughs> and the Bullets that if you bought six boxes of Kellogg's cereal, mm-hmm. you got a coupon for one free ticket. So we're Whoa. doing daycare for all these daycare kids. So I, I go to the grocery and buy 30 boxes <laughs> So that I could get five free tickets for us to go to the game, and um, wow, so yeah, that's cool. It, it, and the and the cereal all got eaten, and we got to make some fun memories. Right, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> um, I'm gonna hop down. Oh no, it is the next question. Yeah. Um, about tithing. Yeah. Let's talk mm-hmm. about tithing. Um, if if I understand correctly, tithing means giving ten percent of your income back to God. Do people really do that? And if so, how? It seems crazy. Um, do people really do that? They do. Yes. They, yes. they, they really do. I, um, I, we do. Yeah, um, we do that's, that yeah. It, it's, that's something that we do. We actually do more than that. That's been a growth mm-hmm. pattern. I've got friends that, um, their pattern has been, um, they started the first year they were married at 10% and their goal was that every anniversary they would increase, increase. 1%. That's and cool. um, and so by the time they'd been married forty years, they were given half their income to wow. kingdom stuff, yeah. which is which is really really cool. We didn't do that. <laughs> um, we're not doing that. Um, but the the um, I, I would just encourage anybody that thinks, man, I don't. That's crazy. I don't know how you get there. Um, it's like anything. If if you decide. We're going to go on the vacation to the Caymans or wherever it is uh, to mm-hmm. Disney, and we're going to spend three thousand dollars to go to Disney. When you do that, it means that you don't spend money on other things so that you can have that experience. Yep. yep. When you determine, when you make a decision to give at whatever amount that it is, whether that's ten percent or beyond, or or you know you're going from nothing to somewhere in between. When you do that, it means that it will change the way that you spend in other areas. And yep. so the question is, do I really believe that this is what God wants me to do? And if so, then you make the change. It's, it's again, back to experiencing God, the adjustments that you make to join God in his work wherever. Yeah. Um, and, and all I can tell you is God has been incredibly faithful through our lives and taking care of us when, when the when the dollars didn't make any sense, mm-hmm. um, he took care of us over. He has taken care of us over and over again. And now we're at a place that we have the ability to give often um, far more than I ever anticipated that we could because mm-hmm. God's just been faithful through it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All so and, and it's yeah. not just it's not just not just financial blessing. Well, no, I, I was going <laughs> to say it's not just. Um, staff people or pastors that do that. Um, oh, yeah. They, you know, they're, they're, uh, I know that there are a whole bunch of folks at North Point that do. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, an, it's an area that I would just encourage people um, to have that conversation with your spouse and say, can we do this? Is this, not can we do this, is this something that God has called us to do? 
And can we try it? Can we just try it and see what happens? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Are, does the church have any resources or are there people really gifted with finances that could talk to, through some of this with people? Yeah, ab- absolutely. It? We've done we've done Financial Peace University mm-hmm. and um, and then another uh, um, class, uh, a um, what do we call it? A certain kind of group, um, <laughs> an equip come, group, an equip group. Thank you. Um, You're that <laughs> that um, Michaela and Steve Smith have led most recently, but um, several people have led other groups before to help to help teach those skills to help people take those steps and uh, just really really useful stuff. Um, if you're like I'm, I'm a math guy, and so. Mm-hmm figuring out how you take those steps, what are the things that you need to do to get there, um, that stuff has always been really helpful for me. And for people who are not math people, um, having, the, having the boundaries and the tools that you can implement to, uh, to take those steps is really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. So if there's interest, you can contact the church office. That's right. You're welcome. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Our last question. Yeah. I think we're down to. Um, oh, actually, we do have another one, I think. Um, which actually, we maybe kind of covered it earlier a little bit, but like, how do we deal with, um, how do we deal with it when our adult kids don't go to church or aren't walking the walk? That's a great question. I'm gonna hand that one to you because I don't even have teenagers. Yet. Um, <laughs> the the uh, the thing that I would say, you know. It, in in the church world, it's easy to quote proverbs and say, "Train up a child mm-hmm. in the way they'll when in the way that they'll go. When they're old, they won't depart from it." Um, we've talked before out of our series of proverbs. That's not a promise. That's mm-hmm. it's um, it really is a proverb. It's a it's a principle that's there. Um, the thing that I would say over and over again is that we just continue to pray for our kids, mm-hmm. and that we have spiritual conversations with them. Without it being preachy, that that to me that um, when you when you have conversations, which means that you do a lot of listening, and sometimes you have to listen to, and hold your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but you do lots of listening, and then ask questions. Uh, it's it's um, I think it's an extension of some things that we've talked about in messages over the last um, year or so. How important it is to to listen, to just ask questions and listen and not feel like you have to correct somebody's thinking, yeah. um, but just love them and, and then see what God does through that. And so if you've got kids who are not walking with Jesus, even though they've grown up in the church, they've, they've, you know, you've talked to them as they were growing up about, about who God is, who Jesus is, and, the, and, and God's love for them, Jesus' sacrifice for them, all you can do is be patient and pray, mm-hmm. be patient and pray. And 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 just keep loving them and and having conversations. Um, one of the things I know I've s- said this before that it just was it, it kind of became a revelation to me a number of years ago was everyone everyone has this longing for God in them, mm-hmm. and so we tend to think, oh, they don't go to church, therefore they don't know God, they don't have this spiritual part of them. Um, it needs awakened or whatever. And it's there. Mm-hmm. It's there. And so mm-hmm. being able to have conversations and and to and to just be transparent and say, man, I'm going crazy. 
because this person is driving me nuts and I know I need to forgive them, but I don't want to forgive them. I want to, you know, I want to smack them. <laughs> um, just being transparent, it opens the door to be able to have conversations um, about stuff that matters. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we're ultimately, somebody says, why do you need to forgive them? No, go ahead and smack them. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I've, God didn't smack me. He, you know, he, gobsmacked. <laughs> um, he, he's forgiven me. And so I want to live that out even as hard as that is. Um, and again, not, not feeling like we have to, um, in, in, um, you know, in, in sales, there's the uh, phrase, close the deal. Uh, yeah. We don't have to feel like we have to close the deal with every conversation. It really is recognizing that because we love someone, we're going to have conversations with them. And God is the one who's going to do the work in them. It, that's God's. That's God's job, not yeah. mine, not yours. You know, um, and we can trust Him in that. So, um, w- with our kids, with anybody that we love, just keep praying, keep plugging, yeah, keep planting. Yeah. Our last question, yes. you sort of answered. Oh, as well. Good. When you were talking about that, <laughs> so our last question is: How can you talk about how God is working in your life, or have spiritual conversations at work without violating the "don't proselytize" rule? Proselytize, yeah. It's sort of what you were saying. It's just talking about what's going on yeah. in your life. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the um, uh, you know, I've I've said before, it's the easiest thing in the world for me to talk about Ohio State, even in the in the hotbed <laughs> of Michigan State and yep. and uh close to uh even when your life Ann is Harbor. in peril even when my saying. life yeah that's okay. right yeah. um <laughs> because that's just it's been a part of my life it's something i like and have fun with that kind of thing mm-hmm. um w- we tend to think uh, sometimes we just compartmentalize and so we think oh i'm going to put my toe into this spiritual conversation and all of a sudden our hands get sweaty and and we think uh, what do i do mm-hmm. um rather than just being real and and talking about um what's going on I, um i i w- if you're in a situation you know if you're a teacher where you're not supposed to proselytize um, you're not supposed to speak about that because the whole separation of church and state, all that kind of stuff. Mm, I have so um, much commentary on yeah, that one. Yeah, we, we, won't, <laughs> we won't go down that path, except to say uh, my friends who are teachers, yeah. um, uh, um, Carrie Bayshore, who teaches at PW, yeah. tells me all the time about kids who will come up to him and ask him spiritual questions. Yeah. And, and that opens the door for them to have a conversation and for him to share what, uh, where he is, but also to ask them where they are and to just guide that process. Um, there are, I, I think, in any environment, when we're real, authentic, transparent about how good God is and how much we need Him and how we see Him working around mm-hmm. us, um, the, and that's just a normal conversation. It's as normal as saying, hey, do you want to go to Taco Bell for lunch? Yeah, um, yeah. That that. People begin to think, "Oh, yeah, that is that is a normal thing." I sh- I I haven't really thought about that. And maybe I should, and that it opens the door down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just be you, you know. Just just share what God's doing in your life, without feeling like you've got to have you know. Oh, my forty-five second testimony elevator speech about God. It's not really that at all. It's it's just um, you know seeing how God's right. working and talking about it. Or even that you have to avoid saying the G right. word because right. you can. 
actually right. do that. Yeah. You can share about what's going on in your life. You don't yeah. have to make them say the prayer or force them to be right. baptized in the water That's fountain. Right. That wouldn't be a good idea. Yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Because I think that oftentimes we're, I tend to think like, oh, no, that would, this would not be the place to talk about that kind of a thing. I'll just leave out the God part. But that's not my experience, yeah. and that's not life. Yeah, and, so. um, you know, um, typically um, I loved what, oh, my mind is going so many different directions right now. <laughs> I, I, um, I loved what Larry said last week when in one of the stories that he told where, where the person said, I've been waiting for the right time to invite my neighbor. And in talking to Larry, they said, I realized that's what I was telling myself. I wasn't really waiting for the right time. Mm-hmm. I was just putting it off. I was just not doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so I think when there is that temptation to say, oh, no, not now, um, I think more times than not, that's probably Satan whispering in our ear. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and that we can just be ourselves and, and be real. Because mm-hmm. if they're friends, particularly... Um, if they're friends, they they hopefully are going to love us anyway. Yeah. If they're not our friends, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's, it's, you, know, well, you heard it first here, folks. <laughs> what's, what's risk kind of thing. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's all I got. Stuff. And that's all we've got. Thanks for joining us for. I almost said PowerPoint plus North Point plus <laughs> podcast episode sixty five. <laughs> episode sixty five. Don't forget to share like. Uh, subscribe. Subscribe. Comment. Um, uh, if you got comments. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Special shout shout out to Dan and Lou who uh, a couple of weeks ago put lots of comments, um, highlighted uh, links that I mentioned but didn't have. That so, was very handy. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Dan. You can do that. Way to go, Dan. <laughs> <Yeah. Woo. laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm.